We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 588 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, June 6, 2023. As you probably can tell uh, in listening to me, I am under the weather. Uh, I am trying to get over the weather, but uh, for now, I am under the weather. Uh, just want to let you know in case you're wondering, why does Galdi sound even worse <laughs> than usual? But uh, it is day one of the Commander's three-day mandatory minicamp, and all three notable absentees from the team's OTA practices these last two weeks are attending the minicamp. Uh, we on Monday got confirmation from head coach Rod Rivera via a conversation with NBC4 that left tackle Charles Leno Jr. in the house, uh, edge defender Montez Sweat in the house, and edge defender Chase Young in the house. In fact, the commanders on Monday morning tweeted out a video of Chase Young being in the team's practice facility for Media Day. Take a listen. CY99, my check in for Media Day. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I like that. Uh, there you go. And if you think that there wasn't a strategy behind the commanders on Monday morning uh, tweeting out that video of Chase Young at the team facility, well, uh, no, this, there was uh, very much a strategy behind that. And that's okay. Uh, I don't blame the team for wanting to uh, squash any notion that Chase might no-show the mandatory minicamp. So good for the team for putting that to rest. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, I may not be well, but are our Wizards getting well? Uh, the Wizards reportedly have hired a general manager, Will Dawkins. Uh, he spent the last 15 years with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, he will be part of this uh, new power trio in Wizards basketball operations. Michael Winger as president of Monumental Basketball, Will Dawkins as Wizards general manager, and uh, Travis Schlenk as Wizards Senior Vice President of Player Personnel. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk about our new Wizards power trio, our new Wizards triumvirate. Uh, but before that, a good guest to talk commanders. Pro Football Focus Senior Data Analyst Nick Ackridge. Uh, Nick on Monday morning came out with an in-depth article on the commanders positioning Sam Howell to be the team's QB1. Uh, you can find the piece on pff.com, headline quote, The Washington Commanders Outlook with Sam Howell at QB, end quote. And so we're going to discuss the piece and spend some time talking 
Sam Howell. Uh, Nick has studied Sam quite a bit. Nick is a fan of Sam, but also is realistic about Sam. So you're not going to get uh, some, you know, fanboy opinion. You're also not going to get uh, some hater opinion. Uh, no haterade is allowed on this show. Uh, what you are going to get is smart, sober analysis of Sam Howell and what the commanders are doing with Sam. And uh, that's all coming up next segment. All right, a few items before we get to some feedback. The National Football Foundation and College Football Hall of Fame on Monday morning announced the names on the 2024 ballot for induction into the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, The names include a number of people with ties to the Washington, D.C. area, including a number of people with ties to the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders. Among these people, Commander's head coach, Ron Rivera. Yes, Don Ron. Uh, He's on the ballot. Uh, Ron was a star linebacker at Cal. He, for the 1983 season, was a consensus first-team All-American, was Pac-10 co-defensive player of the year, and was a Lombardi Award finalist. Uh, Ron led Cal in tackles in each of three consecutive seasons, 1981 through 1983. Also on this uh, 2024 ballot for induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he was a star running back for Colorado. Uh, Bieniemy for the 1990 season, a unanimous first team All-American, and he finished third in the voting for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Colorado won part of a split national title for that 1990 season. Uh, by the way, Eric Bieniemy was at the White House on Monday. Uh, this is part of the uh, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs being honored. And also on the 2024 ballot, for induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, former Washington quarterback Alex Smith, uh, who was a star quarterback for Utah. There are a bunch of other people with local ties on the ballot. Uh, former Maryland head coach Ralph Region, aka The Fridge, he is on the ballot. Uh, former Virginia Tech quarterback Michael Vick, he's on the ballot. Former Virginia receiver Herman Moore, uh, he's on the ballot. Meantime, the Orioles on Monday officially promoted outfielder Heston Kerstad to AAA Norfolk which now has six of the top 100 prospects in baseball per MLB pipeline. The O's per MLB pipeline have eight of the top 100 prospects in baseball. Six of those prospects now are playing for AAA Norfolk. Uh, Those six prospects are outfielder Colton Kowser, the number 29 prospect in baseball, infielder Jordan Westberg, the number 49 prospect, in baseball. Outfielder Heston Kerstad, the number 50 prospect in baseball. Pitcher D.L. Hall, the number 79 prospect in baseball. Shortstop slash second baseman Joey Ortiz, the number 80 prospect in baseball. And second baseman slash outfielder Connor Norby, the number 85 prospect in baseball. Six of the top 100 prospects in the sport playing for the Orioles AAA affiliate the Norfolk Tides. Uh, we have a saying for this. Joe Angel, please provide us, if you would, with that saying. And the Orioles again in the win column. That's right, Joe. Thank you. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Kurt on our ongoing conversation about the greatest of all time in procreation, the GOAT of procreation. But I wonder if we do now have a winner. Uh, The conversation may now be over thanks to this tweet from Kurt. So Kurt added me uh, on a tweet and wrote a new procreation goat. And the tweet to which Kurt added me uh, is from the account at 
History in Memes, which has 2.5 million followers. Uh, this tweet from at History in Memes reads as follows, quote, Musa Hasaya, a 68-year-old man in Uganda, has 12 wives and has fathered 102 kids. Hasaya says he often forgets <laughs> his children's names. He said, my income has become lower and lower over the years due to the rising cost of living and my family has become bigger and bigger. I married one woman after another. How can a man be satisfied with one woman? Now, Hasaya's wives are on birth control, and he says he is finished <laughs> with growing his family. End quote. A hundred two kids with 12 wives. It's probably too late for the birth control. Uh, but my man, Musa, he may well be the master. Musa may well be the master of procreation. Uh, wow, a hundred two kids with 12 wives. And keep in mind, this was on Twitter. So this must be true, okay? This can't not be true. Uh, uh, email from Mike on my conversation on Monday show, episode 587 on what's going on with national starting pitcher Steven Strasburg. Uh, Nats insider Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post on Saturday morning came out with a report on Strasburg. The report stated that Strasburg, per three people familiar with the situation, has been completely shut down from physical activity again and is dealing with, quote, severe nerve damage, end quote. Uh, the report also said that the Nats, according to four people within the organization, do not have any disability insurance on Strasburg's 70-year, $245 million contract. Uh, writes Mike, enjoy the show for Monday. Thanks, as always, for the best show in town. Uh, thank you, Mike, continues Mike. I am no defender of the learners, but I don't know how fair it may be to criticize them for not having purchased disability insurance for the Strasburg contract. You were critical of them for not having purchased insurance given Strasburg's age and injury history. But that may also be the reason for not purchasing the insurance. The insurance underwriters also would have looked at the age and injury history, and the insurance may have possibly cost nearly as much as the contract itself. So the learners may have been gambling not on simply having insurance or not, but on the difference in cost between the contract and the insurance. The key is how much would the insurance have cost? I sure would love to know that. In hindsight, the learners probably wish that they had purchased insurance, but I'm not sure that we can be too critical without knowing the costs involved. Again, I am no defender of the learners, or Mike Rizzo for that matter, and of course, this may indeed be a case of what you said, penny-wise, pound-foolish. The true lesson here is that the Nats should not have re-signed Strasburg or Anthony Rendon. Thank you, Al. Uh, well, thank you for the email, Mike. Uh, that is a more than fair point, that the cost of the disability insurance for the Steven Strasburg contract is a wild card here. Uh, I have no doubt that the cost would have been quite a bit, uh, but I would think that there was a price point at which an insurance policy would have made sense for both the insurance company and the Nats. I also would think that an insurance policy would not have been for the entirety of the contract. Uh, the insurance policy almost certainly would have been for a portion of the contract. So that right there would have driven down the cost of the policy. But to Mike's point, we don't know these things for sure. Uh, I do know this. NFL teams have insurance policies on contracts, uh, even though NFL contracts are not guaranteed 
like Major League Baseball contracts are. Uh, I know that Washington had insurance on the big money contract extension to which the team signed quarterback Alex Smith in the 2018 offseason, and uh, that insurance became a topic with uh, what happened with Alex's right leg in November 2018. But I also know that that insurance was not for the entirety of the guaranteed money in the Alex Smith contract extension. Uh, but also other NFL teams have had insurance policies on big money quarterback contracts. Look, what happened with Steven Strasburg really is the ultimate worst case nightmare scenario. He had a 2019 regular season in which he, oh, by the way, led all National League pitchers in innings pitched at 209. He then won 2019 World Series MVP. The Nats in December 2019 re-signed him to the 70-year $245 million contract off him, remember, having opted out of his previous contract. And then that's it. He was never the same again. A total of eight major league regular season starts since signing that contract. Uh, It really is amazing. No, the Nats should not have re-signed Steven Strasburg, given all that we now know. But boy, I mean, you didn't have to get burned the way that the Nats ended up getting burned by this contract. Uh, It really is something. This is one of the worst contracts in sports history. And this is not Steven Strasburg's fault. I in no way think that he's like laughing all the way to the bank here, okay? Uh, I'm sure he feels really bad about the way that this has turned out. But man, uh, this is a whopper of a contractual fail. Seven years, $245 million, a grand total of eight major league regular season starts. And now it looks like his career is over. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, a lot to be thinking about with the Commanders as they on Tuesday are beginning their three-day mandatory minicamp. But from purely a football standpoint, from purely a non-sale of the team standpoint, uh, nothing is a bigger deal than quarterback. Uh, It was on January 14th 
Uh, a mere six days after the Commanders' season-ending 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field, that we had multiple reports that head coach Ron Rivera was telling offensive coordinator candidates that Sam Howell was being positioned to be the team's QB1 for the 2023 season. Uh, This despite Ron having reluctantly started Sam in that win over the Cowboys, a game in which Sam, uh, in what was his NFL regular season debut, did quite well. The news of Sam Howell being positioned to be the commander's QB1 for the 2023 season was really surprising news at the time. Uh, And this was news that a lot of people had a hard time fully buying into. But here we are nearly five months later. And yeah, Sam Howell is being positioned to be the commander's starting quarterback for the upcoming season. Uh, Washington, as you probably know, has had extreme quarterback instability for years. The team has started at least three different quarterbacks in each of the last five regular seasons. You could argue that the team hasn't had a true franchise quarterback since Joe Theismann in the mid-1980s, depending on how you define franchise quarterback. Could it be, might it be, that Sam Howell will be a good starting quarterback for the Commanders? I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, pro football focus senior data analyst Nick Ackridge. Uh, he has graded a number of Washington games in recent seasons. So when you hear about the PFF grades of Washington players, that often has been the work of Nick. Uh, also, he is a Commanders fan. And he on Monday morning came out with an extensive piece on the Commanders positioning Sam Howell to be their QB1. You can find the piece on pff.com. Headline quote, the Washington Commanders outlook with Sam Howell at QB, end quote. Uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter at PFF underscore Nick Ackridge, and Ackridge is spelled A-K-R-I-D-G-E. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. So as you write in the piece, quote, the list of quarterbacks Washington has trotted out over the past decade is longer than a CVS receipt, end quote. Yeah, CVS receipts are really long. Uh, how realistic is it to think that Sam Howell could be, if not the answer for Washington at quarterback, at least an answer. In other words, someone who at least could be decent, if not good for the team as a starting quarterback. Yeah, I think it's it's just it's just such a weird situation um, because we've all seen it with Sam Howell. It's like I, no one really understands how he slid to the fifth round. I, I think if you kind of look back on it now, I think there would be a lot of teams that would take him a lot earlier. I, I just think for me, he was my second best quarterback coming out. I had Ritter first. I had Howell second. But I think a lot of these guys were like second, third round quarterbacks. Um, they had a lot of stuff to work on. But him sliding to the fifth round is just crazy. So when you look at that and you look at you know the past of fifth round quarterbacks in the NFL, it's not a great, it's not a great list. But I think if you kind of don't think of him as that fifth round quarterback, don't give him that tag. I think you know you have a much better um, idea of what he could possibly do for Washington. And I think he showed it with that last game of the season. I know it's against you know it's in a in a meaning meaningless game, but um, he showed you the sort of stuff that that gets you excited. And, and I think you know I think his his floor is now a lot higher than what I thought it was. I think that um, that offense at North Carolina didn't help him. I didn't really show him show what he could really do successfully at the NFL level in terms of you know, reading a defense and, and going through progressions and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think I wrote at the end. I think it's it's kind of Ron Rivera's hail mary shot. I think it's his his last chance to really kind of you know get this team that has always been a quarterback away is what everyone keeps saying. 
Um, you know, it's, it's that, that Hail Mary shot that, you know, maybe if, if Howell comes in and we see a, a top 20, even just, you really need a top 20, top 15 performance from, you know, your quarterback and just consistent quarterback play um, can really, really elevate this team. What to you is the biggest reason for a Commanders fan to be optimistic about Sam Howell? Yeah, it's the arm talent. I think that's that was the big thing. I mean, that's that would never that's never going to change just based on his from his 2020 season to his 2021 season. You saw the arm talent; it was always there. Um, he's got a crazy arm. We saw it with that one bomb to Terry McLaurin, um, and that's something that's been missing in this offense. We thought we would have it with Carson Wentz, but there was just way too much inconsistency there. Um, just hitting Terry McLaurin in stride. I mean, it is one of the toughest things that a Washington quarterback has just hasn't been able to do in these past couple of years. It's just simply hitting him in stride, not letting him, you know, break stride and allowing him to, you know, really, really flourish. And we've seen it for years now, just the amount of times that he's had to go up and make contested catches and, and incredible, um, incredible plays like that. So I think it's the arm talent. I think that's the thing that you point to. And it's, what really gets people excited about quarterbacks is that arm talent. There's not much question about what throws he can and can't make. Um, he can make the throws, those out routes from the far hash. He can make the deep throws. It's really just the mental side of his game right now. And you won't know how that translates until, until you see more, more snaps. So would the mental side be the biggest concern with Sam Howell? Yeah, it's the processing speed. And in the NFL, you just have to be so, so super quick with, with just getting off of your first one to the second one. Um, and knowing when to bail, knowing when to eat it, um, but not, also not doing it too early, which is why the quarterback position is is just so tough um, with what defenses are throwing at you now. But he's given a great, you know, a great group of receivers. The offensive line will be a question. We won't, don't really know how that's going to turn out. But um, yeah, again, for him, it, it's that mental side and it's him being able to work in the pocket. Uh, one of the biggest criticisms uh, his last year at UNC was that first read wasn't open. He was gone. He was just going to take off. He was going to run, and he did it extremely successfully at you know at that college level. But it's just going to be much tougher in the NFL level. So you need him staying in that pocket. You need him kind of manipulating that pocket, creating lanes for himself to throw. Um, and there were good. There were some good examples of that in that last um, that last regular season start, and even some in the preseason. But there were also some you know that there's that mixed bag of good and bad where there were some that it's just way too slow. You know, just bad decision making, poor pocket management, but. That's what you're going to get from a fifth round quarterback. And it's about, you know, the snaps that he gets this this upcoming year and, you know, just going from there. Of course, we don't know exactly what the commander's offense with Eric Bieniemy as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator will be. But we do know what the Kansas City Chiefs offense with Bieniemy as offensive coordinator in these last five seasons was. Uh, do you see Bieniemy and Howell being a good match? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, it's tough if you're going to compare his previous quarterback to, you know, you don't really ever want to compare anyone to Patrick Mahomes because he's just an alien at the position. Um, but no, it's a, it's a great offense. It's a, it, offense does a great job of, you know, getting their best players in a position to succeed. I mean, we've seen it for years with Travis Kelsey. Everyone knows that it's, it's Travis Kelsey. You're going to have to stop him, and it's just not possible to do just the way they you know, manipulate his, where he lines up in the formation and how they use him in motion and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, I'm really excited for this offense. I think there's going to be opportunities there and it's, it's just about him, you know, hitting those opportunities and, you know, taking those moments and, and just hitting them in stride. Like I said earlier, I think it, it could be a good match for, for the two of them. 
Am I correct in thinking that Nick Ackridge wants to see Eric Bieniemy lean into Sam Howell's ability as a runner? Absolutely. I mean, if you have a guy who is an athlete at the quarterback position, you should absolutely use that to your advantage. It, it, we've seen it for with so many different offenses. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a perfect example. When you can use them in the run game, it just adds another threat to the offense. Um, and having a defense, you know, have to account for him in the run game. And especially if you if you're using RPOs a, a lot, like you know, like the Chiefs did. You want to have someone back there that you have to respect that they're going to actually keep it and run with it. So I think it's always a good thing to use his sort of athleticism. And that's why the quarterback position is really kind of moving away from these pure pocket guys that stand in there and only can stay there. Um, so they, I, it's always going to be a good thing if you can you know, just add more weapons to the offense. Much more with Nick Ackridge on Sam Howell in moments. Will Sam show us a better way at quarterback? Uh, will he show us a better way at quarterback in the way that BMC Insurance can show you a better way with home and auto insurance? Uh, the home and auto insurance markets are messes right now. We're routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Uh, you right now have every reason to shop your home and auto insurance, and that's why you should go with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com and you'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance. It offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. Uh, what's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. Uh, BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. Uh, it has team members who actually shop clients insurance every year when they renew. And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. When people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now with Pro Football Focus Senior Data Analyst Nick Ackridge off his piece for PFF.com. Headline, quote, the Washington Commander's Outlook with Sam Howell at QB, end quote. So the Commanders in March signed quarterback Jacoby Brissett as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Ron Rivera has been consistent in saying that Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett are competing for the starting quarterback job. Uh, putting aside however legitimate you think that this quarterback competition is, what to you is more valuable? Having Sam earn the starting quarterback job via a competition or the development that Sam might undergo in getting all of the first team practice reps in what would be a non-competition scenario? 
I, I, I love having them compete. I, I feel like if, if he's not able to compete and, and go win it, then you know from the start, you know that he wasn't going to be the guy. Um, I think, you know, Ron's talked about it a lot with, with Dwayne Haskins and just kind of, you know, giving him the keys to the offense right away um, and how he just kind of wishes that maybe there was a competition there to, you know, kind of put him in under some fire and hopefully he could learn from that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm always a fan of competition. Um, and I think Brissett is, is, a, is a guy who you know exactly what you're going to get. Like, you know, he can come in, he can lead an offense, he can be, you know, successful to an extent, but you're not going to get those high-end sort of plays and um, you're not really going to get that top-tier quarterback play that we so desperately need. But, uh, you know, I think the, the Howell leash could be kind of short. They'll obviously see him throughout all of the offseason, see him through the preseason. Um, and I think you'll kind of be able to tell right away if he's able to, you know, function in that offense at a, at a high level. That's interesting. So you think that we'll know sooner rather than later whether Sam Howell can be a good NFL quarterback? I think so. Um, you'll always have fans that are always going to, like I said, kind of talk themselves into it. But you could always sort of tell with guys, like even with Heineke, like I kept saying last year, it doesn't make any sense how he's ever winning games. Like the process is not great. He is missing easy throws. He doesn't do the easy stuff well, but he does the hard stuff well. And it was just, it was just so like, you can always tell like with Trevor Lawrence, I always, he was a great example with the Jags like two years ago. You could, if you watched his film and kind of really dived into what he was doing, you could tell it was there. Like he was going to succeed. Um, and then we saw it this past year. You, you can always really kind of tell it's, it's about the process for these quarterbacks and yeah. you can see who has them and who doesn't. That Sam Howell is a 2022 fifth round pick and that so few non-first round quarterbacks, especially day three quarterbacks, become good NFL quarterbacks. Uh, those things are hard to ignore. That said, as I've talked about and as you talked about earlier, Sam Howell is not your normal day three quarterback. There's also this. Washington in recent history uh, very much hit on a day three quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins as a 2012 fourth round pick is one of the best picks on a day three of an NFL draft over the last 15 years. Uh, With the understanding that what happened with Kirk in 2012 doesn't mean much for what happened with Sam in 2022, do you see any parallels between Kirk as a 2012 fourth-round pick and Sam Howell as a 2022 fifth-round pick? No, I mean, obviously the the way they play are completely opposite, but I think there's obviously, you're going to look for a Kirk Cousins and you're going to look for a Dak Prescott as a type of you know, route to see him be successful in the NFL. I mean, Kirk didn't play. He played a little his, his rookie year um, towards the end of the season. We really kind of saw him step in year two, year three. Um, Sam Howell sat the whole year, played a meaningless game week 18. So I think you can kind of see that blueprint um, similar to a Kirk Cousins. And like I said, similar to a Dak Prescott. And that's what you kind of have to look at with these these fourth and fifth round quarterbacks is what happened, you know, their rookie year. Why were they drafted low? and what happened to get them to succeed to that next level. So I think it's a good place to start. Um, Obviously, Kirk Cousins is a hot-button topic here. Um, But I do agree with you. I think he was their best quarterback that they've had in decades. Um, So yeah, if you're going to look for that sort of route, I I think that's, that's a good place to look. Which statement, in your opinion, is more accurate? Sam Howell last season should have played sooner, or Sam last season wasn't ready to play sooner? I think he should have played sooner. I mean, when you go through his his film that last week, it wasn't just, you know, random like deep balls and whatnot. He was, there were a lot of like small, um, small plays that kind of showed that he was not scared of the moment. He could step in and he knew what he was supposed to be looking for, 
knew where he was supposed to go with the ball. And the, like I said, the moment just wasn't too big for him. So I think it was a mistake, maybe just waiting until week 18. But again, you never really know. Um, but, you know, when he stepped in week 18, he, he didn't look lost. And that's kind of a big thing that you want to look for with rookie quarterbacks. Are they staying through their progressions? Um, are they making the throws they're supposed to throw? And then can they make those those big throws like he did? There's obviously going to be some growing pains. That pick that he had in the red zone was was bad. It's one of the worst ones you'll see. Um, there were some other plays as well that just weren't great, but it's not like they were, you know, out there just, he wasn't just out there, you know, playing scared and, and that. Um, I, I think he definitely showed that he was, you know, ready and could step in and, and you know, manage an offense. Competing interests can be a uh, dangerous thing. The Commanders, of course, have new ownership in the Josh Harris group coming in, and Ron Rivera is almost certainly coaching for his job. So if Sam Howell isn't good, then Ron almost certainly will bench Sam in favor of Jacoby Brissett, assuming that Sam uh, is the Commanders' starting quarterback to begin the 2023 regular season. And benching Sam in favor of Jacoby might mean a few more wins that take the commanders out of the sweepstakes for a stud quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft. So for Ron, having a short leash on Sam may well be the way that Ron goes. But organizationally speaking, it seems to me that what would be in the best interest of the team is Sam this coming season playing a lot regardless of performance. If he's good, great. If he's bad, that also could be great because then the commanders could get a super high pick in the 2024 draft in which they take, say, uh, USC quarterback Caleb Williams or North Carolina quarterback Drake May. Is that how you are viewing this situation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's how every fan kind of looks at it. But again, it's it's not our job. Like, it's not our jobs on the line. Rivera's, like we said, we all kind of know he's he's on the hot seat this year. He's not going to if Sam struggles, he's not going to leave him in because, again, he needs to show that, you know, he's got a great team here and it, it's always a quarterback position. Um, and if they do end up, you know, starting Howell the whole way and they pick a top five, Rivera's gone and you're, you're starting with a new head coach. And maybe that's the enemy. There's been talks about that. Um, but, no, that's that's kind of the difference between fans and, and coaches and, and players and stuff like that. It's easy to talk about tanking and how great it is. We just saw with the Texans, like, that meaningless – uh, week 18 game where they win just cost them, um, you know, Bryce Young. So I, I think it's just, it, it's that sort of mix of fan and, you know, people who actually have their jobs on the line here. And they can't just go out there and tank because if they do, they're gone next year and it, it doesn't really matter for them. Um, but no, I mean, it sounds great. I think that's what everyone would want. Just let him play the whole year. If he's good, you're looking at a great team. If he's bad, you're picking top five. Um, and I think, That's just, like I said, the disconnect between fans and and coaches. Another reason for Sam Howell to play a lot this coming season is that the Sam of September could be a lot different than the Sam of December, right? Like he could get better as the season goes on. We saw that with Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett this past season in what was his rookie season. Yeah, no, reps reps are always the biggest thing for, for quarterbacks. I mean, you can kind of see them, especially with Pickett, you can you can see them try to figure out what they can and can't get away with um, in the, at the NFL level. And with the quarterback position, the most important thing is just how many reps you get, you know, in real live NFL games. And it's tough. Again, it's just a weird position that they're in where if he struggles early on, you could pull him and you can have Brissett in and he can, you know, lead your team to, you know, they're just hovering around 500 and, you know, you're in the hunt for the playoffs. But 
where does that really get you? Again, it's another mediocre season and you're starting all over again next year with, with the quarterback position. So I, it's, it's just, it's just interesting. This whole season is just going to be, it's just so weird that the position that they're in with the ownership and coaching on the hot seat, you have a fifth round quarterback that you've entrusted with your offense, but you also have a, another veteran backup that you can go with. And it's just, it's just such, such an interesting spot that they're in. It is. And when you lay the season out like that, it sounds so messed up. And yet, the last time that Washington entered a season off an ownership change was the 1999 season. And the team that regular season went 10-6 and six and won the NFC East and then registered the lone playoff win in FedEx field history. So you never know. Uh, you in this piece that you wrote had something that was both fascinating and sad. A list of Washington regular season starting quarterbacks since 2012, and their overall grades for Washington and passing grades for Washington for pro football focus. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, This graphic is a parade of grades in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. What struck you in particular in putting this graphic together? Just the sheer amount of snaps that Taylor Heineke got. I mean, when you look at it, he, he was the third, he had the third most snaps since 2012, and that is just that's mind blowing that it's an undrafted guy who was a former XFL backup quarterback is the guy who had the third most snaps since 2012. When you compare it to Kirk Cousins and RG three and and like you said, Alex Smith there, Dwayne. I mean, the list is ins- and I capped it at 2012. We could have gone back even further, as we all know. I, it's just it's just a list of you're just hoping that someone finally steps up so you can just stop with starting four quarterbacks every single year. What really hits me is how, with so many of these quarterbacks, they still could be the team starting quarterback. Robert Griffin III, taken with the number two overall pick in the 2012 draft, he, in theory, should still be the team starting quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins, fourth round in the 2012 draft. Dwayne Haskins, first round in the 2019 draft. Uh, Carson Wentz, acquired via trade last offseason. Like, if things had worked out, any of these guys still could be the team starting quarterback. Yeah, and it's just so weird that just the different ways that they didn't work out. Like it was devastating injuries like we had with Alex Smith and even RG3 to an extent. And then you had just, you know, some high round picks that just didn't work out. Then you have the veteran guys and you come in, you get excited about and They go down with an injury in 16 snaps like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, or you have like a Carson Wentz where you can talk yourself into – this kind of guy, you know, bringing back what he had a couple of years ago and that doesn't work out. And then you're like, well, of course that didn't work out, but it's what we go through every single off season when we hype ourselves up. And honestly, the odds are great for Sam Howell. We could do this exact same thing next year where I'm hyping up a different quarterback because he didn't work out. Um, but it's just what you have to do because the quarterback position is just so, so important in the NFL. No question. Well, we shall see what happens with Sam Howell, Pro Football Focus Senior Data Analyst and Nick Ackridge. Uh, check out his piece on PFF.com. Headline, quote, The Washington Commander's Outlook with Sam Howell at QB, end quote. Uh, Nick, thanks a lot. Yep, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Nick Ackridge. Uh, if you have like 20 seconds, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Uh, you want Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you want Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review doesn't have to be long. It can be just a sentence or two. Uh, but the ratings and the reviews help out the podcast a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. 
All right, so the Wizards' new look front office uh, now seems to have its top three people, as uh, we on Monday afternoon had multiple reports that the team is hiring Will Dawkins as general manager. Uh, So the Wizards' basketball operations hierarchy will be as follows. Ted Leonsis as owner. He is the Monumental Sports and Entertainment founder and CEO. Uh, Michael Winger as president of Monumental Basketball. Will Dawkins as Wizards' general manager. And uh, Travis Schlenk as uh, Wizards Senior Vice President of Player Personnel. Uh, Neither the Dawkins hire nor the Schlenk hire has been officially announced, but I would expect uh, one big announcement announcing both of those hirings and maybe some other hirings too. Uh, Dawkins, like Winger and Schlenk, an impressive resume. Uh, Will Dawkins had been with the Oklahoma City Thunder since starting with the team as an intern in 2008. He rose to being the team's vice president of basketball operations. So Dawkins has worked with Michael Winger. Uh, Winger was Thunder assistant general manager and was part of the team's legal and administration departments from July 2010 to July 2017. I've seen a good bit of, of like rejoicing uh, from Wizards fans over these hires. Look, I like these hires. They all make sense. You could argue that all three of these guys, Michael Winger, Will Dawkins, and Travis Schlenk, are good enough to run the team's basketball operations. But I don't blame anyone listening to this for being skeptical about the Wizards. How can you not be given their history. Uh, I mean, we all know these facts, but just in case uh, they have slipped your mind, the Bullet Slash Wizards have not advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs since 1979, and the team has not had a 50-win regular season since the 1978-1979 season. So many have tried, so many have failed to get the Bullet Slash Wizards on the right track. All that you can hope for is that this trio of Michael Winger, Will Dawkins, and Travis Schlenk is good and cohesive, and is allowed by Ted Leonsis to do as the uh, trio sees fit, including trading Bradley Beal. And an undeniable common thread with Winger, Dawkins, and Schlenk is that all three guys are outside hires, and I don't think that we should lose sight of that. This reshaping of the Wizards' front office is a clear sign that Ted Leonsis realizes that the way that the team has been doing things has not been a good way. Uh, doesn't guarantee that this new way will be better, but you know, step one to fixing a problem is admitting that you have a problem, and Ted very much seems to have done that with these three outside hires. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 584, will include a lot for you on the Commanders as Tuesday is day one of the team's mandatory minicamp. Also on Wednesday show, I'll talk Nationals and Orioles. And that's on Tuesday night at 7.05 of game one of a three-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks at Nationals Park. The Diamondbacks are tied with the Los Angeles Dodgers for first in the National League West. The O's on Tuesday night at 740 of game one of a three-game series at the Milwaukee Brewers. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. CY99, my check-in for media day. Yes, sir. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.